today, Rinpoche, while discussing the topic of the ritual for the Bodhisattva vows, gave a refresher course on all of the precepts of refuge found earlier in the Lamrim. Okay, so did school. Okay, so we're going to start on page 66 in the English. We're on page 323 in the Tibetan, and uh, right at the bottom in the Tibetan. Okay, so it's stating the precepts of refuge uh, is where we'll begin today, uh, right, right in the middle of the English, page 66. Okay. Dixon. <laughs> Hajasan <laughs> Gabi Laja de Jidem Rajel Joson to Jumares Gabi Laja Gaya. Oh, Garpo de Gapo Napo Yomari. Oh, Gongo Mepache, Grimbache. The Andrew. Okay, Gabi Laja. Okay, so here it says stating the precepts of refuge. Does anyone have volume one by chance? Stating the precepts of refuge. And it says the master. Uh, should have should give here the precepts already explained in the context texts of the teaching of the person of small capacity. Uh, so when we look um, back um, in the person of small capacity, we find that there are advices um, on refuge. Uh, so uh, um, and then they divide the various advices uh, into categories. Um, just give me one moment because we're going to end up there. So I might just let me get to the spot. Recording. Uh, 
precepts. Okay. So there's the three. There's Garbilaja and Dubilaja. I'm just trying to remember the names. break here. Because just translating the actual word isn't going to make sense. Spoken advices and droopy established advices. I just want to find where it is in the Lamrim. I see the precepts here, 196. Jadan Jitju Dun Peik the Jantro Lacha Jadan Jip Jipju Dun Jidun Jadan Jitu Shedun Jadan Jitu Shedun the Lapcha Droop What the name of Jadan Jitu Shedun? What the name of the Yabudwe Jadan Jitu Shedun? Mm-hmm. Then uh Yunten Garden Champa Ditsko Jadnasunchul Lapja La Jutle Tumogi Laja La Jutle Okay, so uh if we if anyone if we had the uh English uh, so uh, you can turn to page 196. Um, there are okay. So there are two types of precepts that are presented. The it's pr prescriptive. That's right. Proscriptive precepts and prescriptive uh, precepts. Uh, so there, are, those are the two categories uh, of precepts. Uh, actually, the the jipju je nga gutsogudu. Drupi Laja Sumne Tatana Tomong Laja La Trulis Conjus on the Chabata and then Jesus and Beyana of the Josunua Pasheba, the Shabata Nabichevas Shabata Nabichevas as well. What the Sunday Legadua are Tomong Laja, Tomong Laja, Tomong Laja La Troje. Okay. Conjuncts that's 
Tejen Palan Sun, Tejen Godin, Godin Sun, what does Chukun Jurua? Palan Dan Godin, okay. Chula Joseph Chude, Nitu Baba, Ranje Baba, Saji Babi Tujuje, Godin the Laden to the Chukun Chula Joseph Chichibi, Chudo Odeja Gures. Then Sanjay going to the tapa dami tapa nik nika. Sanjay going to talk on the chunkunzi and then going to them, but the last one is the Sanjay. Sansana, no more but the Shaji to the Samba and Pomba. Jays and the Shaja Ludujiva. Shaja Tanja Sanjay Changroda. Sanjay. Shaja Tanja Ludujiva is a Sanjay. Sansan, no more but the Shaji to the Samba is a Sam Pomba. What the name of the Jepa? Jepa is in the city of Jepa. Namche. I mentioned it. Namche. Namche Champa. Okay. Then the Drupi, Gapi, and Drupi Lapja, the Jadan Jeju Jinga. Okay, so then. We're going to look at the general precepts uh, right now, uh, which are on page 196. And just as an aside, if you go back to 194, you'll find the prescriptive precepts and so forth. But Rimche wanted to go over these general precepts right now. So by recalling the distinctions and good qualities of the three jewels, go for refuge again and again. Um, so here we begin to analyze what the qualities of the three jewels are. So in order to do this, we need to know what they are and know what the differences between the three jewels are. Uh, we need to be able to know uh, how many um, permutations are there between the Buddha and the Dharma, or the Dharma and the Sangha, or the Buddha and the Sangha, etc. So are there three permutations, four permutations? Are they mutually exclusive? Are they synonymous or a, of one meaning, if you will? Uh, so that's what it means here. So if we were to compare two subjects, um, if we were to compare the Buddha uh, and the Dharma, uh, what would we come up with? So we know what is the Buddha. The Buddha can be divided into two different categories. Uh, the Buddha has the categories of the Buddha that are permanent uh, and can be established as Buddha, and then categories that are impermanent that can be established as Buddha. Um, and when we look at the word Sangje and we break down the etymology of that word, the Sang, uh, what that really, the meaning of that um, is that the abandonment, the abandonment of the um, uh, afflictions, the abandonment of the afflictive obstructions and the obstructions to omniscience, so arisen or awoken from that. And the J part is referring to uh, the omniscience um, that is uh, achieved um, by this. So uh, this is the, basically the J is the, the state of all knowing. So the abandonment uh, and and the state of all knowing we find within that word Buddha in the Tibetan. Um, so when we break down the etymology and we find out what each of the sang and jay mean, 
we find that the first sung means to have abandoned the afflictive obstructions, the obstructions to omniscience. That's what it's referring to. And the jie is referring to the omniscience, the achievement of omniscience. Um, I'll look further into that too. So there's, I can give you the sung and the jie. If there's an exact English word that'll make sense, uh, I'll, I'll look into that. I know I've seen it. I, I just don't know at this very minute. So if we're uh, comparing again the Buddha and the uh, Dharma jewel, Buddha jewel and the Dharma jewel. So the Buddha has the, both of these qualities of permanent uh, and impermanent. Um, and then <coughs> looking at the Dharma jewel, uh, what is the Dharma jewel? The Dharma jewel is uh, the Arya paths uh, within the, th the three uh, types of beings continuums, the superior hearers, the superior solitary realizer, and the superior um, bodhisattvas, um, those, and Buddhas, superior Buddhas, uh, those paths within those superiors' continuums are the Dharma jewel. And then the cessations, the true cessations, are considered the Dharma jewel too. Uh, so the true cessations within the continuum of those hearers, solitary realizers, bodhisattvas, uh, and the Buddha's, the true cessations. Um, so this is what the Buddha jewel is referring to. Um, and just as a note, um, depending on if Hinayana Mahayana school, you would determine what that Dharma jewel would, uh, would be in that context of your school. So, um, so that's why I say in the context of here, solitary realizer, bodhisattva, Buddha, because those cessations aren't all the same, just as an aside. Um, so the Dharma jewel itself is divided into all of those various categories. So we have the true paths and true cessations. And those true paths and cessations are those of those here solitary realizers and the bodhisattvas, which you could say, say the bodhisattva Path, true paths would be, a Buddha could fall under that um, as, as a, um, a complete completion. Um, so uh, that's what we would, how we explain what each of those subjects mean. So the Buddha is a, a being who has abandoned uh, all afflictions and has a state of omniscience and has uh, things, aspects that are permanent and impermanent. Um, uh, just uh, so, uh, what when we compare those two? Are there three permutations, four permutations? Are they mutually exclusive or synonymous? So that's Rimache asked that question. Musumushi gewa donchi nilapsa, then triwa jaso, and then kontanda sanoda. Musumushi gewa donchi chapel, then tanda konsut sanoda. So anybody? Uh. <laughs> Sanjay 
Paladin Chene, and Chorumponja de Pongure, London Yanaja Gure, so the way that we can uh, also look at this um, by comparison is to look at the different qualities of the Buddha jewel, the Dharma jewel, uh, and the Sangha jewel, and uh, and show how uh, they can be compared to uh, various um, um, states and beings. Um, so, uh, for instance, when we look at the Buddha jewel, the Dharma jewel, and the Sangha jewel, the Buddha jewel is compared to a doctor. Uh, you go to a doctor uh, to get a diagnosis, uh, to find out what's wrong with you, uh, uh, to, to be healed. Uh, so uh, the, then the doctor will say, do this, don't do that. Uh, if you engage in this activity, uh, you will be sick. If you uh, engage in this, you won't. Uh, so the doctor then advises you uh, as to what to do once he or she has diagnosed uh, whatever disease you have. Um, so the Buddha is compared to a doctor and that the Buddha is able to understand um, what sickness we have. And what sickness we have are the afflictions, basically. And, and what kind of medicine or what kind of practice is needed in order to cure those afflictions. So the Buddha is looked at like a doctor. The Dharma is looked at like uh, medicine. Uh, so once uh, you have an illness of some sort, um, then you are prescribed some sort of medicine, and the Dharma is like that medicine that's prescribed. Uh, the Sangha jewel is like a nurse or a helpful aid that when you're sick is able to help you through that process, uh, help you to overcome whatever that sickness is uh, by um, aiding you with what the doctor suggests. So, meaning aiding you, uh, if we're looking at it in terms of the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha, the Sangha aids you uh, uh, in your uh, quest to abandon the afflictions and so forth that the Buddha has recognized and then diagnosed and then prescribed a particular practice for. Um, so, the Buddha being the doctor, the Dharma being the prescription, the medicine. Um, and then the Sangha being those nurses that help administer and help uh, with that process. Um, so uh, we find uh, um, this is a good way uh, to look at the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha and to understand the differences between the three. And, and we see in um, Lord Maitreya's Sublime Continuum uh, where it states that uh, recognize that you are ill, eliminate the cause of the illness, attain health, rely on a remedy, Likewise, you should recognize, eliminate, attain, and rely upon suffering, its cause, its cessation, and the path, respectively. Uh, so here is another way to understand those differences, because when we look at the, because when we look at 
going back to the text, um, and uh, it states the um, you know the first of those six advices or the six uh, general advices. Um, the first is to compare the differences uh, of the the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha, and the way that you do that is by analyzing what uh, each of them are. Um, so. Uh, by recalling the distinctions and good qualities of the three jewels, go for refuge again and again. So here it just goes through quickly in the English, but when you read it in the Tibetan, what stands out to the Tibetan reader as an aside is distinctions, good qualities. So those mean very specific things in relation to the, the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha. So that's the whole key, recalling distinctions and good qualities. Distinctions <coughs> is referring to, are there three permutations, four permutations? That's what distinctions means if, if, a, if a logician is looking at that. You know, how many are there? Are they, what, how can we compare these two phenomena and what do we establish them as? Okay, Deeg, so <coughs> the uh, the oral lineage where is it oral tradition oral lineage the ni la ni the compendium of determinations okay so if you go to page 193 actually uh, in the English uh, 192 and 193 you'll find uh, the beginning of uh, the precepts mengale la ni so uh, you'll find First, how they appear in the compendium of determinations, and then how they ap appear uh, in the oral tradition. Um, so it says how they appear in the compendium of determinations um, uh, has uh, two sets of subdivisions. Uh, so this, is, this is very important, Rinpoche said. So please, Rinpoche said, please repeat where this is in the text. So in the English, if we go to page 192, <coughs> we find the beginning of this. This is Gutso. This is where it begins. Once you have gone for refuge, the stages of precepts. Um, and then uh, that's where we find how they appear in the compendium and how they appear in the oral tradition. Um, and then we, we find that it divided, divided. Nangal <laughs> 
uh, we find uh, the advices given for the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha um, from the, the great final Nirvana Sutra. And first, the advice that's related to the uh, Buddha. Um, uh, so it says, those who go to the Three Jewels for Refuge come close to the truly virtuous. They never go to other deities for refuge. Um, so this is first the advice in term in relation to the Buddha refuge or the, the Buddha jewel. Um, the advice related to that is that one does not go for refuge in uh, other worldly deities uh, or others that are not um, thus gone, that are not Buddhas. Uh, so that's the first advice related to the Buddha refuge. Um, and But uh, you can go and ask certain local deities and spirits and so forth for help, um, but you can't go for refuge to them. Um, so there's a very big distinction that's made here. And Rinpoche said that this becomes very important, especially for Tibetans. Um, in the Tibetan tradition and in Tibetan culture, there is a large emphasis on this, and there's an idea that in the mountains and in uh, various forests and so forth, there are these spirits, there are these local deities um, that exist and that, that people make offerings to and so forth. So this part is really written to those people, those practitioners. And Laman Tsongkhapa is pointing it out when he goes on to give his commentary, being from Tibet and realizing that if you didn't know this precept, it would be very easy to go for refuge to some of these local spirits and deities that you see people making offerings to. Um, so it's mainly what's important is one's motivation uh, when, when trying to keep this precept. One needs to realize that if you're going to a local deity, god or spirit, that is not an enlightened being, uh, then and you're, you're going for some reason, some protection or something. Uh, look at it as um, offering, uh, um, uh, giving a gift for protection as a friend who's helping you but definitely not as putting your uh, um, going for refuge uh, in a complete whole way. Uh, more like looking for someone to help you, uh, encouraging help, uh, encouraging aid. Um, so this is what is related to the Buddha refuge. In the Dharma refuge, those who go to the sublime teaching for refuge harbor no harmful, murderous thoughts. So no harm to other living beings. Those who go to the community for refuge do not associate with non-Buddhist philosophers. Uh, so uh, this is made clear, this sentence is clarified uh, here, where it says, thus, Lama Tsongkhapa begins to give his commentary. Uh, thus, there are three <coughs> precepts, not going to other de deities for refuge, abandoning harm and malice toward living beings, and not befriending non-Buddhist philosophers. Um, so Lama Tsongkhapa uses the word befriending, uh, instead of association. Um, and then the commentaries go on to say that um, as long as your relationship with that non-Buddhist practitioner doesn't cause your faith, belief, or practice to lessen, then it's fine. Then that relationship's fine. You can live in the same room every day with that person. <coughs> but if it causes your views to weaken, then you shouldn't associate or befriend. This is all for the safety of your own practice so that 
your own practice isn't harmed or hindered, or you don't become confused about the teaching. So that's what the, the point of this um, refuge is, is not uh, saying you can't to, um, associate with a non-Buddhist philosopher. It's saying, uh, and then it says befriending, and then the commentary says befriending in, in, in such a way that it becomes influential, because friends have influence. Um, so this word influence is the word Rinpoche uh, pointed out. So as long as you are not influenced by them, if that friendship doesn't amount to influence, then it's okay. Uh, so Rinpoche spent some time on that, and then I asked him again. So the word influence, I think, is the best English word uh, to use for what they're saying you don't want to have happen. Um, so you don't want to be influenced and lose your faith or lose your beliefs because of an, a negative person. Uh, so it says, not going to other deities for refuge is explained as follows. Since you should not even hold worldly deities such as Rudra and Vishnu as your ultimate refuge, what need, uh, what need be said about Nagas and the other local divinities who are hungry ghosts? So if we aren't to go for refuge to Shiva uh, and beings uh, like this, Brahma and so forth, uh, and Rudra here in Vishnu, um, what, there's no point to even mention that we shouldn't go for refuge to a hungry ghost uh, or to some local deity or divinity when we, see, we know that the advice is clearly that we should not go for refuge to even these beings that are considered gods in non-Buddhist traditions. So uh, while it is improper to entrust yourself to <coughs> with full belief in the three refuges, it is proper to merely seek these beings' help for temporary religious purposes, just as, for example, you would seek the help of a benefactor in acquiring the, acquiring the means of livelihood or consult a doctor for the cure of an illness. So here you're um, looking for help. Uh, you, um, you're looking for services to be rendered as opposed to um, putting one <coughs> complete faith, going for refuge to uh, that being. The second perceptive, um, Rinpoche, Cheran the J. Rinpoche, the Chu, Gonchu, Lapsa, Lapsa, Losa, the Gonchu, the Pelumal, what the Santan, the Santan, the Pembuk, Pel Chu, Tombut, Pembuk, Chu, Tabas, Pembuk, Santa, the สุดตัวเป็นบุกเป็นบุกสุดเลยสิเลสเปิ้นบุกสุดเลยซ้อนอันนี้ชูกูยังเอาเนี่ยมากาจูซาจากลูซวยเอาแต่ตะกะรองเ
So while it is, again, Rinpoche wanted me to go through, uh, while it is improper to entrust yourself to these beings without full belief in the three refuges, it is proper to merely seek these beings' help for some temporary religious purpose. Uh, just as, for example, uh, you would seek the help of the benefactor in acquiring the means of a livelihood or consult a doctor for the cure of an illness. So here you are not, um, it says full, it says without full belief in the three refuges. Uh, it doesn't mean when you have full belief you can then do that. It means that you shouldn't have, the way it reads in the Tibetan is that this level of full belief that you have in the, re, the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha this going for refuge, this belief, should never be um, uh, transferred over to worldly beings or spirits uh, or any kind of deity that is not enlightened. Um, so uh, that's the way it really reads, is that, um, you know, so it says while uh, it, you can, you can though, uh, um, it says, seek these beings' help for temporary religious purpose, just as, for example, you would seek the help of a benefactor in acquiring the means of livelihood or consult a doctor for the cure of an illness. You wouldn't go, Rinpoche said, you wouldn't like, uh, take your doctor as the object of observation of your refuge. You wouldn't go for refuge to your doctor, uh, Rinpoche is saying. So you would look at a spirit or a deity like this. And uh, just as a translator's note, we have to realize what going for refuge means in this tradition. You'd say, you can use the English word, I'm seeking refuge in my doctor, but that's not the kind of refuge that we're talking about when we're saying going for refuge here. This is a complete faith and confidence that's incontrovertible in all topics, not just medicine, every topic, an omniscient being. So it's that level of going for refuge isn't the same. So I just want to just clarify that as a translator because that word refuge is very, very strong and heavy in this context and doesn't mean just looking for some protection. It means looking for ultimate protection against yourself and your negativities and so forth. Um, so it transcends what we would normally think of, of refuge, looking for help or protection. Uh, I think everyone knows that, but I just want to clarify that to anyone who's watching. And, and when we use these words, we've spent months and months on the word refuge here in class. Uh, so we all know this as students, but if others watching haven't done that, it might just seem like, why wouldn't you go for refuge to a doctor? So sorry for that note. Um, and then, um, so that's where Rimache ended. And so where did some of this idea first come from? where these spirits and deities uh, were, were used as objects of refuge. Why did this even occur? Where, and uh, Rinpoche said, 
uh, it's really the influence of the Bon tradition in Tibet uh, when we look at Tibetan Buddhism and why in Tibet we have these spirits and uh, different deities that we have to divide up and figure out. It's the Bon tradition that had all the spirit worship already in the culture uh, and it came into the Tibetan Buddhism. Dixon. Tangatangatangatangatangatangatangatangatangatangatangatangatangatangatangatangatangatangatangatangatangatangatangatangatangatangatangatangatangatangatangatangatangatangatangatangatangatangatangatangatangatangatangatangatangatangatangatangatangat
but Buddha Jewel necessarily is the Mahayana Bodhisattva's enlightenment, the Melulam, the no more learning path, Bodhisoha um, is referring to the Buddha Jewel. The Dharma Jewel, uh, we find uh, the true paths and true cessations in the, the path of seeing, the path of meditation, um, and, and no more learning. We find the true paths and cessations within, uh, true paths within the Melulam, the, the Lam Yurabe. The Melulam, Lam Yurabe. Okay, so, the, uh, so there are paths, uh, um, the Sanjay Lam, okay, so there is a Buddha path. Okay, I, I'm just, there's so many words going around in my head. Uh, so the, there, we, when we look at um, true paths and true cessations, we have true cessations that occur on the path of seeing, the path of meditation, the path of no more learning. So true cessations that occur in the hearer, solitary, realizer, um, and... Um, bodhisattva vehicle. So the, we can say all three in that case. So the Buddha jewel was Buddha necessarily, but the uh, Dharma jewel can be the true paths and true cessations in those beings, hearers and solitary realizers and bodhisattvas continuums on the path of seeing meditation or no more learning. So Arya, necessarily Arya paths. And then the Dharma, the, the Sangha jewel, uh, the um, the community jewel, the sangha jewel, refers to those beings who are hearers, solitary realizers, or bodhisattvas on any among the the uh, superior paths. So the path of seeing, the path of meditation, the path of no more learning. Uh, so when we we look at in terms of true paths and true cessations, uh, we find them on the uh, Paragate, Parasamgati, uh, and Bodhisoha. When we look at it in terms of beings who are on pathways, who are the Sangha Jewel, Paragate, Parasamgati, Bodhisoha, the path of seeing, meditation, and no more learning. Uh, and then when we look at the uh, Dharma Jewel uh, itself, I think I already did, uh, Paragate, Parasamgati, Bodhisoha, and then the Buddha Jewel, Bodhisoha。Dixon。Dixon。Dixon。Dixon。Dixon。Dixon。Dixon。Dixon。Dixon。Dixon。Dixon。Dixon。Dixon。Dixon。Dixon。Dixon。Dixon。Dixon。D
of who, who have those capacities, but I think everyone knows that, I, just to clarify it. Okay, so we'll take a short break and be right back. ありがとうございます。ありがとうございます。ありがとうございます。ありがとうございます。ありがとうございます。ありがとうございます。ありがとうございます。ありがとうございます。ありがとうございます。ありがとうございます。ありがとうございます。ありがとうございます。ありがと
one will eventually be able to get rid of the self-cherishing attitude, get rid of the grasping at things as being truly established, and by this process, traverse the various paths that are required to become enlightened, so to become a Buddha. So one is able to go through the path of accumulation, the path of preparation, the path of seeing, the path of meditation, and the path of no more learning by transforming the, this mind as one goes through those stages. <laughs> So if a small child is ignorant of the alphabet, then he or she is given uh, things to practice and said to go uh, practice A, B, C, D, E, F, etc. Then this small child's state of ignorance related to the alphabet can be extinguished through this practice and study. So then he or she is no longer ignorant and has a state of knowing related to the alphabet. In the same way, we are able to understand what the truth of suffering means, what the origin of suffering is, what the true cessation, truth of cessation is, what the true paths are. We're able to understand and comprehend in this way the 16 attributes of the Four Noble Truths uh, and emptiness and so forth. Initially, Buddha was exactly like we are right now. Um, and then he or she, because there are other Buddhas, but we're speaking of Shakyamuni right now, uh, went through the five paths, the path of accumulation, the path of preparation, the path of seeing, the path of meditation, and the path of no more learning. And then, as a result, um, the Buddha, um, achieved Buddha, the, the, uh, Buddha uh, Shakyamuni achieved Buddhahood. Um, so we can see how there was initially, uh, he was as we are, and then through this transformative process was able to become a Buddha. Our, so our mind, in our minds, we don't want to have suffering. Uh, uh, we want to have happy. We want to be free from suffering. We want to have happiness. Likewise, all sentient beings have the same sentiment. They want to be free from suffering and have a state of happiness. So the sign that there is uh, an abandonment of suffering uh, and an achievement of happiness is this desire for happiness and desire for the suffering to be abandoned. The fact that there is this desire means that it shows there's a sign for the potential for that achievement because you know the difference, so you've had it. So. The sign that it can be achieved is the fact that you wish for it. Dixon, in this case. What the Nasu Nambago, what is that? Sangatul Tendi, you are Shigro. 
So scientists um, wonder what scientists would say if if uh, we as Buddhists were to ask questions of them like these. I know that in the uh, Christian and the Hindu tradition there are some um, other, um, they posit other things in control. Um, so um, that wouldn't really apply. But wonder if we were to ask the scientific community questions using our um, philosophy as the basis, how they would respond. So if you re research and analyze in this way, then you are really going to understand what the Buddha jewel is, what the Dharma jewel is, and what the Sangha jewel is. um, so the, we've now going back to the uh, first edition to the prescriptive precepts. We're in the um, three prescriptive uh, precepts. We've gone through the first one. So now we're at the second prescriptive precept. So we went over the one in relation to the Buddha jewel and uh, abandoning uh, other uh, refuges. The second prescriptive precept entails refraining from doing harm or injury to living beings through thought or deed. This injury includes actions such as beating, binding, imprisoning, nose piercing, and overburdening humans, animals, and so forth. Um, so in Tibet, we have, we have this tradition of uh, farming where the uh, cows and cattle have rings through their nose and are dragged, um, uh, led around by their nose, if you will, uh, with these hooks or rings and um, binding, tying up, beating is just hitting, imprisoning, uh, nose piercing, overburdening an uh, humans, animals, and so forth. So all of these things fall under the category of not doing harm to living beings. That's the actual pre precept, not harming any living beings. Um, and then harm is a, just details of how you could harm are, are given here. Um, so that's number two. 
the prescriptive precept related to the Dharma jewel. Disa. Chugunchusa. <laughs> The Okay, so now the third prescriptive precept is related to the um, Sangajul. Um, so this is refraining from um, befriending or um, being around people of other philosophies that will influence you negatively. Uh, so here, Third prescriptive precept entails not agreeing with those who do not believe in the three jewels as a refuge and who repudiate them. Um, so here this not agreeing with uh, is um, explained as not being influenced by, uh, not giving in to uh, their encouragement to abandon the, the Dharma, to abandon the three jewels. Um, so it's if... There is no non-virtue created by the relationship. There's no negativity created by the relationship. Then this doesn't apply. This only applies if there's <coughs> some sort of negative influence going on that is against the Dharma. Now, you can have someone who disagrees with you. Your, that's your friend. But that disagreement shouldn't lead you down an incorrect to an incorrect view or influence you to a state where you have an incorrect view uh, so that is the meaning of number three so those are the three prescriptive precepts and now we'll move on to the pres three prescriptive precepts those are proscriptive these are prescriptive Kuishin <laughs> 
Lambi, Gujinji, Chuji, Chusan, Chuma, Jishi, Shebalas will be Name, Jenda, Shebang, Gujiji, Shebi, Guji, Madawa, Juji, you'll be choosing Nyai, this will cheat there. Jumbo will soon be doing there. Shaji Jabi, but to the Deba, Somba dance. Long Tensi lay. Tumbo Koaji Yangale, David Jesu, Jabun Zedanji, Chudan Chambashi, Shedu Chubana, Lamashiki, the Tabi Chudan Sheba, Shedu Chuba, Tana, Tamba, Nazi Meba, Nasimba, John Mishisos, Nigerians Shabala, she leba simbana june langeji seji trebuje du june chuten la tane chuten la tane ngeji chuten la kinheba zande du chewa sombe kuzula ndetan denda woshi mama wata Jesukuzusu,就是我们的主吧,啊,全部主吧了,小啊,啊,这里都被,看,看都是小门,说,门,哦,那就把钱被,就了,讲起,过去是不是,这里呢,真的是,来呢,我们刚刚给, Sejou Gashishangai,Shangawa, Yikensi 
Mobadadi, the gay chuggy, Mobi Jumazos, the lemona, Chedusons, Tadden Mamudo Galegal Mara. In the NGK Selpudu, then Donda, the consul care too. Tad Gabi Laja was the Sanji Jukuzu, Sanji Jukuzu, Gabi Laja or Sanji Lachos, Dubi Laja Kadru Warzana. Sanji Jukuzu, Remutreba, Lenin Chenda Shila, Shaman Zaka, the painting, my painting. She don't and the Timas were Chuchu than Treva until Chunjuji, Mades, what is one of my way. Shaman Duji, Ujesa Major, Tubasa, Satvalijat, and Jeju, Mare, Sansali Agures, Tamanjuba Suji, Maguba dance, and they are then she don't then. ポネ、トンバタル、トンビクズシンシンクズバヤンシ、サンジングエンマジュンデシャゴレス。トンバタル、クビシンドジュデ、ソンソンゴズゴムロルシェティンレ。うん。チェタル、デシクズ so here we have a large amount of history, historical stories from Shi Seng presented to explain the advices uh, <coughs> these uh, prescriptive precepts. So it says there are three prescriptive precepts. The first is to treat images of the Buddha as objects of reverence, as though they were the teacher himself, uh, not pointing out their faults regardless of their quality and not disrespecting them or treating them with contempt by putting them in dishonorable places, pawning them, etc. Uh, so here we have a quote from the friendly letter. Um, so here, images of the Buddha, <coughs> and when you see the teacher in, in um, capital letters, it's referring to Shakyamuni specifically. Um, so, uh, so it says, as though they were the teacher himself. So as though you, when you have an object, no matter what it's made of, uh, how it's constructed, you need to imagine that if that is supposed to be Buddha Shakyamuni, that you imagine that it is actually Buddha Shakyamuni. And so that's how you should relate to that image. Um, and you shouldn't show any less reverence than that. If you have an image, you should imagine that it's the actual being there. Um, uh, so it says, as though they were the teacher himself, not pointing out their faults regardless of their quality, not disrespecting them. Um, so uh, um, later in the, the stories, you'll see the um, not pointing out their faults, regardless of the quality. Um, Lord Atisha gives advice on that. And then it, it says not disrespecting them or treating them with contempt um, by putting them in dishonorable places, by putting them somewhere dirty or using them as money, pawning them, uh, using them as merchandise or something that you can make money from. So you shouldn't do that with any images of the Buddha. Um, so you shouldn't sell them, make money off them, and you also uh, shouldn't judge them or um, keep them somewhere that's not 
where you would let Buddha himself stay. Um, so just as a learned worship and image of the Sugata, whatever it is made of, even wood, so no matter what the material is that a statue is made of, or no matter what, uh, how a tanka is painted, any image whatsoever, no matter how it's constructed, created, what it's made of, if it is an image of the Buddha or of, an, of a Buddha, then it has to be treated exactly the same way as if it were made of, of all precious substances. Um, it needs to be looked at it as actual Buddha. Um, so then the exegesis of the discipline relates how Monica Vila, who slandered the community of learners and those who uh, with no more to learn in 18 different ways, um, saying, for example, what do you know of the, te of the teaching or non-teaching elephant head? It was reborn as a monstrous fish uh, with 18 different heads. So he called them 18 different names, the community. Uh, and was slandering them, and then he was born as this monster with all these different heads. Uh, and it said, remaining an animal, so he stayed as an animal from the time of Kashapa, the, the Buddha before Shakyamuni, until Buddha Shakyamuni. Um, and it says, uh, from the time of teacher Kashapa until the time of the king of the Shakyas, the Buddha. The Sudraka basis of uh, discipline relates how after the nirvana of teacher uh, Krukachanda, King Karamut, uh, ordered that a great stupa be built. A workman cursed it twice, exclaiming, we'll never be able to complete a stupa this huge. Later, when it was nicely finished, regretted his cur curses and used his wages to have a golden bell fashioned and placed on the stupa. As a result, he was born as a sweet voice with a ugly complexion and a tiny body, but a beautiful voice. Thus you should never quibble over the quality of images, despise other for using fine materials for image and the like, or for making them large, discourage their makers from finishing them and the like. Uh, so uh, not only should you look at them as um, objects of reverence, as if the Buddha is there himself, you also shouldn't become mad because someone's spending more money than you think they should on a statue, etc. So you should never... Um, um, have those kind of harbor those kinds of feelings. It is said that the great yogi Shanchup Rinchen once gave a statue of Manjushri to the elder for him to examine. He asked, "How good is this? If it is good, I will buy it with the four gold coins." Uh, Romba Gargewa gave me. The elder replied, "Venerable Manjushri's body has no defects. The sculpture, the sculptor though, is middling," uh, and placed it on his head. It is said that he did the same with respect to all finished images. So Lord Atisha would not comment on the image on Manjushri uh, because he said there's only perfect Manjushris. But the sculptor was medium-grade sculptor. So commenting on the artist as opposed to the work itself. Um, so that's just a story um, and showing how careful Lord Atisha was, knowing that this was an object of refuge. And then it says, uh, I think that's where we stopped. Nipa Losong Rinpoche. Dupi Lapcha Nipa Lapsung. Nipa Losong. Dupi Lapcha Sum. Tambo the the Shetang Go Gariena, the Kanga Sanjayan. Then Nipa. 
Nipa good sauce? Good good sauce. That's an origin. Tombatro, Tombo. Okay. Yup, then sir. Lonanji less. Chibu Seja Sejes. Loba Domo Lube Ganunola. Lobbying Gujin Chuji. Chuzan Chuma in Bachishi. Sebalus of Game. Game Mandawa. Chuji Shebe. Gunya Mandawa. Chuji Yebe. Then they low song, you know, the Debalama song. Okay, so Narimachi is just going back through what we just read just quickly. So he's going back to the story from the exegesis of discipline where Manava Kapila. Um, slandered the community of learners and, and those with no more to learn uh, in 18 different ways. So he called them 18 different names and then was reborn as a monster with 18 different heads and those 18 different heads remained uh, intact and he remained as this monster from the time of Buddha Kashapa to the time of Buddha Shakyamuni. So this is just the, the story that's told of uh, that. Then eh? That's <laughs> Among because that now be going to a little habris, now be going to a chain with a pound with a stand loader, and now be going to cut out maris, chunk cagres, and the crew what they now be going out to do the change of change, what you do, and the con good teen ye made the la, what you do, you're choosing yaris, which in there, lesser. You're soon there, shut up to be about to cut on the day or is lesser. Now meet the crew or is lesser. Um, then the Ama? Uh, to insult the community and was um, told to by his mom. Uh, so he went and insulted them in all of these different ways. Um, and the way that this story goes is there were some people fishing during the time of the Buddha uh, in, uh, in a uh, sand, a beach, that's the word for sand place, a beach. And uh, they were fishing and someone caught uh, this uh, monster fish with all of these different heads. And then suddenly uh, the Buddha arrived. Uh, and when the Buddha arrived, 
uh, he was able to, through um, some mysterious power, uh, get the um, fish to speak. And he began to ask questions back and forth um, and said, you know, why are you like this? And he said that I'm like this uh, because I um, called all of these uh, names and so forth uh, to the community. Um, and and my, uh, I called uh, all of these uh, different, um, uh, I, I called all of these different um, holy beings names, and now I have a head uh, for each of the names uh, that I called them. And um, uh, so this was, the, the Buddha uh, magically created this um, so that uh, he could show the, the, fruitional, uh, the fruition of the karma, the fruitional karma, it's called, uh, that took place um, as a result of this um, negative action. Dikson. So it's very important also, though, that we look at what was prescribed uh, by the teachings in terms of the um, ten non-virtues. So we should abandon the three non-virtues of our body, killing, stealing, and sexual misconduct, we should abandon the four non-virtues of our um, uh, speech, uh, lying, uh, harsh words, divisive speech, and gossip. And we should abandon the three non-virtues of our mind, uh, which are um, harmful intent, covetousness, and wrong view. Uh, so it's important uh, that we, we do so uh, in, order, um, uh, in order to... Uh, um, move forward spiritually. So, if we though um, are unable to keep all of these um, activities pure, then we are we can um, engage in an acknowledgement of our downfalls. Um, and by acknowledging our downfalls, we can then purify them. So it's important for us to realize that uh, if we do um, engage in some kind of a negativity, uh, that that negativity can and should be purified. So, there are so many uh, practices that we can do uh, in order for um, our negativities to be purified. And we can recite sutras, uh, and we have the, the sutra of the 35 Buddhas of Confession. And just by reciting that, we find there's a commentary um, that gives the various amounts of time that each of the lines of the 35 Buddhas of Confession is able to purify. Uh, and just by reading the first line that says, uh, to the, the I just don't want to kind of have it, it's right here, to the founder, the Bhagavan Buddha, the one thus gone. 43, thank you. 
to the Buddha, to the founder, Bhagavan Tathagata Arha, perfectly completed Buddha, glorious conqueror, Shakyamuni, I prostrate. So just by doing that, it talks about purifying tens of thousands of eons of, of non-virtuous karma. And each of the other 34 Buddhas, uh, if you will, have their individual commentaries and how much, many eons of non-virtue they'll purify. So who said that these non-virtues can be purified? Where did this even come from? Oh, no, I'm sorry. Let me rephrase that. How do we know that a purification has take, even taken place? What do we, how do we know, know this? And we know this by examining our dreams. So if, uh, our, if we are in good condition, uh, free of illness mentally and physically, in the, the last part of our dream state, and we have various dreams like climbing a mountain, or eating good food, or being uh, washed, or washing, um, or cleansed, uh, or we just wake up with an overall wonderful feeling from that dream before, we know that a purification has taken place. These are all signs uh, that have been pointed out in Scripture um, to show us uh, that they have <laughs> Love, meditation on love, <coughs> compassion, the mind that aspires to enlightenment, meditation on emptiness, all of these things are so beneficial. Uh, so why don't we end here? No? So thank you, everyone. Two chain Rinpoche. Shida Selbudu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, so clear, I was saying to Rinpoche. Um, and we will do the concluding offering. <laughs> So now that we've created so much virtue, it's important that we dedicate it properly. Uh, dedication must be done so that our virtue doesn't perish uh, until enlightened. Uh, just like a drop of water from a bucket that's put into the ocean that, that does not disintegrate or dissolve until the entire ocean does so, likewise, a virtue that's properly dedicated towards enlightenment remains until that enlightenment, uh, um, that enlightened state occurs, which it is a cause for. Um, so we find this in the scripture uh, where the Buddha has stated this about dedication. So knowing so, knowing that dedication is so important, let's do that now in a proper way. <laughs> So if we don't dedicate this virtue properly to enlightenment, our virtuous activity will just be like the fruit of a banana tree that comes up once and then the banana tree, it's over, it's finished. We want our virtue to be a continuous uh, fruit, have, bear continuous fruit. Uh, so whatever each of us do as individuals throughout day or you know whatever we do as individuals we should always dedicate that virtue to our enlightenment <laughs>
enlightenment. Thank you. Uh, concluding mandala offering and dedication prayer. The fundamental ground is scented with incense and strewn with flowers, adorned with Mount Meru, the four continents, the sun and the moon. I imagine this as a Buddha land and offer it. May all sentient beings enjoy this pure realm. I dedicate whatever virtues I have collected for the benefit of the teachings and of all sentient beings, and in particular for the essential teachings of Venerable Lozandrapa to shine forever. I send forth this jeweled mandala to you, precious guru. I dedicate all this virtue to emulate the knowledge of the hero Manjushri and likewise Samantabhadra as well, with whatever dedication is praised as supreme by all the conquerors who traverse the three times. I also dedicate all my roots of virtue for the sake of auspicious deeds. In that pure land surrounded by snowy mountains, you are the source of all benefit and happiness. All powerful Avalokiteshvara, Tenzin Yatso, may you stay until samsara's end. I pray for the long life of the precious Kensar Wandok upholder of scriptural and realizational doctrines. The spiritual friend who trained extensively in the five great philosophical texts with exceptional wisdom and perseverance.